This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. We've been talking around the idea, and um, you know, Vision Sunday, we released kind of our theme for the year. I felt like God was saying to us, make more room and reach more people. And I felt like, you know, circling back to that whole idea, make more room. I want to talk this morning about what I felt like God is saying to us. Remember, if God is ever saying this to the church, it means he's saying it to all of us because we are the church. I feel like God is saying, make more room. I want to go back to that, that thought, make more room. So I feel like so many of us, our lives are filled and slammed and we got so much going on. And I just wonder what could happen if you made space for God in your life. You made room for God to come and encourage you, lead you, speak to you. You know what I love about God? God loves us just the way we are. Just He just loves us way too much to leave us this way. Anybody thankful today that God is committed to your life? Anybody thankful that God is faithful? Come on, anybody thankful that even when we're faithless, God remains faithful? I was having coffee with a guy, a dear friend of mine, going through a hard time a couple weeks ago. He was going through a real hard time. I said, you know, God is not, after this mistake, God's not up in heaven making a new plan for your life. Because heads up, God doesn't have a plan B for you. He has one plan. And anybody thankful, he always sticks to the plan. And if you just give God some space, give God some room, God will do in you what only God could do. I believe this about God. God is more interested in what he's doing in you than what he's doing through you. His real commitment is to you, loving you, shaping you, molding you, forming you into the image of his very own son. Amen to that? Amen. So watch here, Isaiah chapter 5, one of my favorite verses. Isaiah 5 says this, Woe to you, this is the prophet Isaiah. Woe to you who add house to house and join field to field till no space is left and you live alone in the land. Let me read that verse again. Woe to you who add house to house and field to field Till there's no space left and you live alone in the land. The Bible's saying is there's house to house and field to field. I remember when I was 24 years old, 2004, I built my first house. I was so proud. And I built it in a neighborhood with track homes. I don't know if you've ever seen track homes before, but I'll never forget my first house. You could open up the window and touch the house next door to you. It was just house to house. And what the Bible's saying is, woe to you who live without any margin, without any space, or our lives are full, our schedules are full, everything is full till we have no room. And the Bible says we end up empty. We end up, we end up alone. I'll tell you, the, the way to get to a lonely life is just you just live, 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 go, 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 go. No margin, no margin, and then all of a sudden you end up alone. I want to tell you today, I believe that God has called us to connectivity. He's called us to a relationship with God and a relationship with others. Your soul is satisfied when you're connected with the Father, connected with the Holy Spirit, connected with Jesus, and connected to other people. You were not made to live or end up alone. It's amazing to me, this whole thought, this idea, making room for God in our life. Even Jesus, when he was born, the Virgin Mary, there was no room for God. Watch here in Luke what it says when Jesus went to 
When it was time for him to be born, it says, And she brought forth her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. There was no, there was no room. If they knew what they had, if they knew what, who was with them, they would have made room. But since they couldn't see it, they just they had no room. I want to talk today around the idea. You can write down the title of this morning's message. It's called Making Room for God. Making room for God because I believe that if God gets the room that he needs, if God gets the space that he deserves, if God gets the room in your life that he needs, I'll tell you, he will replenish you, he will renew you, he will restore you, he will speak love over you, he will give you more grace than you could ever imagine, there will be peace on your pillow, God doesn't need room so he can correct you, God needs room so he can remind you that you're chosen, you're called, you're loved, come on, anybody thankful to God? Come on, God has a plan. Believe together today that God will speak to us and um, he'll come and encourage us. Come on, let's pray. Father, we thank you this morning for your word. We thank you that we hear you saying that you want room in our lives. We can create a God space for you to do something unique and profound. And Lord, we're believing on mornings like today that you'll open up our eyes so we can see your son. Open up our ears so we can hear the Holy Spirit. Do something unique and profound. We love you more than life itself. And God, we're praying as a community that tonight the Los Angeles Dodgers will win another game. We thank you that we're going to win the World Series in Jesus' name. And everybody said together, come on, let's put our hands together for Los Doyers. We're going to win the game. Um, I, I, I don't know about you, but I just, I hate in my life, like, I hate clutter. I hate just, like, stuff too much. Like, just when this is, like, too much in our, in our house or in my closet or just, like, there's no, there's no room. I just, I don't like that feeling of just being, like, suffocated. There's just too much. Or, like, I don't know about you, but I love having a busy schedule. I just don't like being too busy. You know what I'm talking about? Like, I don't want to be bored. I want to be busy, but I don't want to be too busy. I don't like when there's no margin to, like, take a nap on a Sunday. Hello, church. I don't like when there's no, no margin. Like, you, you live in you know, paycheck to paycheck, like just, there's just no, no room, no space. Like I just, I like it when there's room. When I think about room, one of the first places I think about is the elevator. Now I have an issue with elevators. Elevators and I have a bad relationship because years ago on a mission trip in Mexico, I got stuck on an elevator. You ever get stuck on an elevator before? I got stuck on an elevator in Mexico, okay? So I was in the elevator. We got stuck. It's mad hot out. I just looked at the people in the elevator. I was like, hey, can I have a panic attack right now? Just heads up. Your boy's going to melt. Ah, just I just melted. Like I was just like freak out. Ah, just like done. Like I just, I couldn't even hold it down. I was just like heads up. I'm melting. Ah, just because just, I just freaked out. Like it just, I got stuck in the elevator in Mexico. Emphasis in Mexico. Guadalajara. So anyways, but, but, but ever since then, like I'm just, I'm kind of really in tune and really aware when it comes to elevators. Like, for example, when I get onto an elevator, I want to find my space. Like, give me my room. Like, I'll go straight for, like, the corner, and I just kind of find my spot, hold my bag, just like, I'm posted up. This is my space. This is my, don't, my, don't nobody mess with my space. I'm in my zone. So I, 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 I believe in elevator etiquette. Let me just give you a few heads up with elevators. Number one, when the elevator arrives and you're waiting for the elevator, rule number one, let the people off before you try and get on. Somebody say amen. Ain't nothing worse when someone's like trying to get on while we all trying to get off. 
Rule number two, when the elevator, when the door's closing, we've determined it's just us six. We got some space. We feel good. Don't be the guy. Don't be the dude that waves your hand out so that other people can get on. We're trying to keep those people off the elevator. Am I preaching to anybody today? The other day I was in the elevator. We're just us six. We feel good. This elevator's not going to go down. I feel good about this. Let's go. Let's go up. Floor number 14. In fact, if you walk out these doors, look to the left, that big building, 5455 Wilshire Boulevard, that's on the 14th floor. That's where the Zoe offices are. That's where Zoe Leadership College resides. Make some noise. So I, I ride the elevator every day. So it's at six. We feel good. Let's go to the 14th floor. Feel good. I got my space. Stand there. And then all of a sudden, this big group comes up, and some dude that thinks he's a captain saved the day throws out his arms. <laughs> Come on, guys. Come on on, huh? And all of a sudden, there's more people. You ever be on an elevator where it's like, this is too many people. Guys, this is for sure too many people. We're all going down. We're going down. It's going down today. Like, so dumb, right? But I'll never forget. Like, I just, I'll just, I saw the whole thing, and I was like, nope, sorry. I'm out. I'm, excuse me. I got to go. Because I don't, I don't like it when there's, when there's no room. There's, there's no space. I think that one of the strategies of the enemy the devil knows he can't take away our salvation. He knows that you're saved. And so he just wants to do everything he can to make you miserable in your salvation. So he'll steal your joy and zap your peace. And he'll do this by making you live a marginless life so you end up alone. I think that when you have no margin, you end up with no virtue. All your virtue is still in the way. This is Esau in the Bible. Esau's so tired. He's like, you can have my birthright. Give me a bowl of chili. Because when you're weary, you make weary decisions. No margin. This is Samson. Samson in the Bible says, of course you can know the secret to my strength. Here it is. I'll exchange it for this moment of pleasure because I'm vexed in my soul and I have no margin. I'm weary. If the devil can't hurt you, he'll just make you busy and you'll hurt yourself. Woe to you who build house to house and field to field till there's no room and you end up alone. And then you end up with a great career and so much success, but you end up lonely. I've learned this in life, that if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go with other people. There's something about making margin for relationship, making margin for church, making margin for God. Come on, somebody thank God that we've got the ability to make some room and some space for God. Just believe when... When God gets this space, the first thing that he does, when God gets the room that he wants in our life, the first thing that he does, I love this about God, is that that's when we start to enter in to his rest. Now notice um, that if you ain't rested, you ain't ready. So you just get tired and you get worn down and you get fatigued and start making decisions out of fatigue and grace when Jesus gets his space that he wants in your life, the first thing that he does is he'll give you rest. In fact, write down point number one today. The rest that you need comes from the God that you have. The rest that you really need, the rest for your soul, the rest in your situation, the rest that you need, it comes from the God that you have. 
in the Old Testament, God would always do this. God would always tell Israel, he said, I'm going to take out your enemies. I'm going to defeat your haters so that you have rest in the land. God's promise is rest. God wants you to enter into a relationship with him so he can give you true rest. Watch this. This is Jesus. Matthew chapter 11. Watch what he promises here. He says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you, what's that word? I'll give you rest. Watch what he says. Take my yoke upon you. Learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. You ever been so fatigued that a night's sleep won't restore what you really need? You ever been so weary that you're like, I just, I, I, I could sleep all day long and still feel tired. That's called soul tired. But when you come in a relationship with Jesus, the first thing that he says is let's remove the burden. Let's remove the stress. Remove the pressure. You don't have to be under the law. What's the law say? The law says perform. The law says do. The law says earn good with God. No, grace says come here and I'll take all the burden. I'll take away all the pressure and I'll give you true rest. Come on, everybody, thankful today that we can find rest for our weary soul. Rest in Jesus himself. A true rest. You might be looking at those scriptures like, man, I don't understand what the Bible is saying. Let's watch it from another translation. Same scriptures. This is Jesus speaking, but watch how the message words this same promise. It says, are you tired? Worn out? Burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. Jesus said, just come, come. I'll, I'll teach you. I, I remember the first time I went surfing. I went surfing with my buddy. I was, in, uh, I was in Bible college, and he took me to the Hollister Surf Ranch. This is a real place. Hollister, before the pink polo, it's a spot, okay? So we so went out to the Hollister Surf Ranch. I'll never forget, we got all boarded up. We, you know, waxed down the boards, got my suit on, ready to go. I'll never forget, he saw the ocean. He saw the waves. He just took off. I was out there trying to figure it out myself. I just got body slammed five times, ended up on the shore watching him surf for two hours. Worst day ever. Most of us think we become a believer and we're like, God's just going to like, hey, figure it out, bud. Figure it out. You're a Christian now, so figure it out. No, when you come to Jesus, he actually says, I'll show you a real rest. I'll show you how to live lightly and freely. The law says burden, heavy. It says perform. Grace is the opposite. Grace says come to me. And I'll literally teach you myself. Anybody thankful today that God sent his spirit, the spirit of Jesus? He is a teacher and teaches us how to walk with God. And what happens with most of us is that Jesus promises rest and we want to live for God. But what happens is somehow inadvertently, nobody wakes up in the morning and is like, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to put a bunch of idols in front of God. It's just going to be awesome. Just going to put a bunch of things in front of God and just, I'm going to let God be like fourth. And no, un, all of us inadvertently, not on purpose, we let these idols take place of God and these things come in front of God. And all of a sudden, God gets, we start building house to house and field to field. We're building, we're doing stuff, but idols get in front of the way of our rest and God's promises. So I want you to write down number two. Here's what we have to do today you got to pull down idols, pull down the idols in our life. 
pull down anything that's in front of God. Pull them. I'm just, I'm, I just, I, 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 I see a picture of all of us in our life. Any, any idol. God says, have no other God in front of me. Don't let anything come in front of me. Because if, if I get the zone and the space I need, I can heal you, restore you, I can replenish you. But if there's things in front of me, I cannot do what, I, what, the, the, what I'm, I'm capable and have the power to do. I love this in 2 Chronicles chapter 34. Watch what this kid Josiah does. Josiah becomes king at 8, and at 16, he starts doing work. Watch what it says here in 2 Chronicles 34. It says Josiah was 8 years old when he became king, and he reigned 31 years in Jerusalem. And he did what was right in the sight of the Lord and walked in the ways of his father David. He did not turn aside to the right hand or to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was still a teenager, he began to seek the God of his father David. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem of the high places. The wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images. They broke down the altars of the Baals in his presence, and the incense altars which were above them, he cut them down. And the wooden images, the carved images, and the molded images, he broke in pieces and made dust of them, and scattered it on the graves of those who had sacrificed to them. Verse 5, it says, He also burned the bones of the priests on their altars and cleansed, I love that word, cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. Just a few more verses. And so he did in the cities of Manasseh, Ephraim, and Simeon, as far as Naphtali and all around with axes. It says, when he had broken down the altars and the wooden images, he had beaten the carved images into powder and cut down all the incense altars throughout all the land of Israel. He returned to Jerusalem. He returned to Jerusalem and basically said, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Come on, sometimes you got to go through your life and you got to tear down some, some idols, break down some things. How in the world did my career get in front of God? How in the world did family come in front of God? How in the world did my narcissistic lifestyle come in front of God? I'm pulling down anything that's in front of God. I'm actually going to kick down the door of idols because I want God to be first. When you live the God-first life, you are uncompromising about saying, you know what, I will live for God and God alone. I will not live my life trying to build something other than the will and plan of God for my life. Come on, somebody put your hands together and thank the Lord this morning that we can pull down the strongholds that are keeping us from the will of God. Just love that Josiah's like, no, we're not going to live that kind of life. We're not going to live a life of wickedness and idolatry where anything can just have its way. The wooden images, the carved images, the molded images. What is it in your life that's keeping you from putting God first? Saying God will be first. Because you listen, when you become a Christian, when you become a believer, here's the decision we're making. We're making the decision to live by the principle of first. In fact, write that down, point three. We live by the principle of first. We're now basically saying, God first. I put God first. Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, one of my favorite scriptures in the Bible. Watch what Jesus says. He says, but seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. All these things will be given to you as well. All these things, all this other stuff, all the, everything else is just stuff. No, we put God first. We put God first. We put God first. When you become a believer, watch this. This is the difference between law and grace. Law people over here, they put God first because they have to. It's like, okay, I have to go to church, and I have to pay my tithes, and I have to pray, and I have to read my Bible because I have to do God's stuff because I'm a believer. But grace people, 
when they enter into a relationship with Jesus, they want to go to church. They want to give tithes and offerings. They want to give God the best of their energy and give God the best of their time. They're doing the same activities one has to and the other wants to. When it comes to making room for God, don't do it because you have to. Do it because you want to. I want to make room for Jesus. I want to make room for the God life. I, I, I want to tear down some idols in my life because God is better than these things. God deserves more in my life. I want to hear what he has to say. I want to hear the plans that he has for my life. It's not, it's not that I have to, it's that I want to. Now, when I entered into a relationship with Julia, I was 28 years old. Now, I'll just tell you this right now. I was 28 years old. I didn't date for eight years. My dad started looking at me like, is something wrong with you? Eight years. I was like, nobody. When I finally found the one, I was like, I found the one. And um, listen, at 28 years old, I was a 28-year-old virgin. You know your boy was ready to get married. I told you that. <laughs> I told Julia, you either going to get pregnant or married. Which one you want? <laughs> tell somebody. So, <laughs> If I'm lying, I'm dying. Let's say, you choose your own adventure. Which one you want? Pregnant or a wedding? She chose wedding. We got four kids. I told you. <laughs> Amen. So when I was 28 years old, I tell you, 28 years old, I'll tell you, I ate wherever I wanted to eat. I watched whatever I wanted to watch. I did whatever I wanted to do because I was 28, had a little bit of money, and I was doing whatever I want. When Julia came into my life, all of a sudden I was like, hey, where, where do you want to eat? Sushi? Oh my gosh, that's what I wanted. Like, just like, just whatever you want. I'm like, what do you want to watch? Stranger Things 2? Me too. Just like, it's just like I wanted to make room for her. I wanted to make space for her. It's not that I had to, it's that I wanted to. Come on, somebody thank God that grace is coming into our life. And it's not that we're living under the law, we're living under grace. We want to make room for God. I want to seek Jesus first. I want to see what God can do. I don't want to live house to house, field to field, maxed out credit cards, maxed out schedules, maxed out mine. No, I need, some, I need some God room so God can speak promises. God can speak life. God can speak newness. Am I preaching to anybody this morning that wants to make some room for God to do what only God can do? Come on, somebody thank the Lord. We're making room for God. No, we have to. We want to. We want to do this. I want to seek Jesus first. When you seek Jesus first, Jesus said, he said, don't, don't worry about tomorrow. If I could take care of birds and grass, I could take care of you. But when you build house to house and field to field, you got to take care of you. you got to wake up and grind. All right, that's fine. But remember, you're going to end up alone. It's not that you don't build house to house and field to field. It says you wake up one day and you're alone and you go, where, where are my true friends? Where's my family? Where, where did I put church? Where did God go in all of this? So here's what we have to do. I really believe this. It's the last thing I want to tell you this morning. I, I think that this is the season we're in. I think just write down number four. It's time to seek the Lord. Hosea chapter 10 verse 12 and Worship team, you can come back and join me. Hosea 10, 12, one of my favorite verses. When I was a youth pastor, I wrote a song out of, the, out of this verse. I used to write worship songs for our youth ministry. I wrote this song. We used to sing this as a youth group all the time. It's time to seek the Lord. Listen to this scripture. Sow for yourself righteousness. Reap in mercy. 
Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord till he comes and rains righteousness on you. Sow for yourself righteousness and reap in mercy. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to seek the Lord. I love this verse so much, what the Bible is saying is that so many of our hearts get hard through sin, circumstance, situation. And the Bible says we got to break up the fallow ground of our heart. Sow seeds of righteousness. God's seeds. God's space. God, you can have room in my life. It says when you sow seeds of righteousness... Come on, because you know you reap what you sow. So sow seeds of righteousness and reap in mercy. You just keep doing that. It says until, until God just rains down righteousness on you. In other words, until you wake up one day and you go, Whew, I am so glad that I did it God way. I am so glad that I created space for God. I'm now living in the abundant life. I'm living in the Zoe life. I'm living in the God life. I'm not waking up in the morning going, what am I doing? I'm not waking up in the morning filled with regret. Come on, church, it's time to seek the Lord. It's time to put God first. It's time to make room, make a zone. Come on, prepare ye the way of the Lord. Make a straight path. God's getting ready to do something that only God can do. Come on, it's time for a new wineskin. He can't put that new thing in an old wineskin. He needs a new heart. It's a new day. It's a new season. It's a God zone. I'm making room for God. I'm saying, God, I'm not living house to house. I'm not building feet to feel. I'm letting God do something that only God can do. Just believe, church, what's the promise if you make room? What's the promise? What's the caveat? What's in it for me? Do I get more money? Do I get more things? Do I get, what's the, what's the caveat? The caveat is God. Jesus. Is it just Jesus plus nothing equals everything? I'm just making room for God because I know God is my soul sufficiency. God is what I really need. God can fulfill me. God can heal me. I need God's space because I need to hear him, don't you? I need to feel him, don't you? I need his presence now more than ever. Come on, we got a church right now and we, we got a fourth child on the way and we're trying to do it God's way. I need God more than ever, anybody else. I need Jesus' voice. I need Jesus' promise. I got to make room for God. I can't live so busy. I can't live so full. I need to hear God. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, we thank you today. We praise you this morning that you're better than we can imagine and you're greater than we deserve. And we just ask, Holy Spirit, right now, if there's any idols in our life, we'll pull them down. We hear you say it's time to make room for you. So we just make a God space for you in our schedule, in our heart, in our eardrum. We create space for you to come and give us rest, God. We need rest. If you need rest for your soul this morning, lift your hand right now. Just lift your hand. Jesus, I pray right now for anybody that's burdened, for anybody that's heavy laden, for anybody feels that the enemy's been tricking them 
into do-goodisms and trying to work hard for grace. We reject that spirit and we receive grace right now. We thank you that you'll teach us a true rest. We thank you that you're teaching us how to live lightly and how to live freely. We enter into your rest, the promise of relationship with you. We say that you've got room to heal us. You got room, God, to speak. Speak for thy servants are listening today. In the name of Jesus, I declare for many people right now, you've been dealing with torment, you've been dealing with anxiety, you've been dealing with with the spirit of the law, and right now we reject it, we rebuke it, and we declare God's thoughts. We declare God's promises. We declare a God zone right now. You are free from it. You are healed from it and released into your calling. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name. In Jesus' mighty name. You can put your hands down. Every head bowed, every eye closed. If you're here today and you've never said yes to Jesus, but for the very first time, you want to say yes to his love and to his his grace, his plan. If you want to say yes for the very first time to who he is, when I count to three, lift up your hand and just say, you know what, I'm saying yes to Jesus today for the very first time. One, you know exactly who you are. Two, nobody else looking around. Come on, if that's you right now, three, lift up your hand. Just shoot it up high. Just say, yep, that's me. That's me. I'm, I'm, I'm choosing Jesus. Hands are going up right now. All over this room, people have lifted up their hand. They said yes to Jesus. Fantastic. Can you say this out loud after me? Everybody repeat this prayer. Everybody together. Say, Father God, thank you today for the wonderful gift of your one and only son. Today I say, I believe in Jesus. Jesus is the way. He is the truth. I belong to him. He belongs to me. Come on, can we put our hands together? Come on, for every person. So fantastic. So wonderful. So beautiful. So many hands going up today. People saying yes to Jesus. We're clapping. We're applauding. Because we believe you just made the greatest decision you can make on this earth. There's not a better decision you can make than the one you just made. Right now, the angels are rejoicing. They're writing down your name on the Lamb's book of life. You will not perish. You will go to heaven. Come on, let's put our hands together for every person that just said yes to Jesus. Fantastic. Amen and amen. Just a minute. My wife is going to come and explain a little bit more, but I want to give one more response. I always believe in responding to God's word, responding. When God speaks, we never just go like, let's go. Let's go. We want to respond to what God says. We're making room for God. I was thinking about this guy that we know in Illinois, Bill Hybels talks about this chair in his house calls it the chair goes to meet with God in this chair talks about the chair all the time it's it's where he makes room for God in his life I want to ask you today where are you going to make room because it's cool to have goosebumps it's cool to clap and be loud I'm all for it but I want to make a decision today how am I going to make room for God what is it your car your house because I don't want to live a life building so furiously that I end up alone. I want to make room for God to to deal with me, you know? Like my sin, my shortcoming. I'm a father. I'm a husband. I'm a pastor. I need God to speak to me. So I'm I'm deciding in my life, 
I'm making more room for you, God. It's not something I'm preaching to you. It's something I'm preaching to myself. You're here today and just say, God, I'm serious. I'm going to make room for you. I'm, I'm making a decision. This is where it's going to be. I'm not, I'm not just clapping today. I'm, I'm choosing. I'm making a decision. If that's your prayer. Lift your hand right now. Come on, just stretch it up. Just tell the Lord, Lord, I'm, I'm serious about it. I'm going to make room for you so you can love me and help me. Hands are going up all over this place. Jesus, right now in your presence, we thank you that there's decisions being made. We thank you that right now there are choices, declarations, vows that are being committed. We thank you that by the power of your spirit, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I thank you that right now we're, we're going, even in our imagination, we're going to that place. We're going to that spot. We're making that choice. We're making room for God so you can speak and you can heal and you can deliver and you can lead and you can guide and you can form and you can shape. Come on, church. Thanks for tuning in to this week's podcast. We hope you were inspired and encouraged by the message. To get more information about Zoe Church, check out our website, www.zoechurch.org, or follow us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and the newly added Snapchat under the handle Zoe Church LA. Have a blessed day.